Hey babe, are you coming to bed? Hey babe, you left your dishes here again. Ah, uh, why is your alarm going off so early again? I can't wait to see you later. Let's invite your mom over for hey, dinner this weekend. Put on the kettle. Babe, we haven't had sex in four months. <laughs> I love you. I love you. This is Rainbow Pajamas, a podcast sharing stories from around the world of long-term LGBTQ plus relationships from five years to more than 50 years. You'll hear personal details from our guests about how they met, what they fight about, their sex lives, to practical matters such as having kids, financial planning and retirement. We'll also discuss controversial topics like exclusive versus open relationships, polyamory and marriage. According to YouGov research in 2019, most people in the UK still find their partners offline. For all age groups, there are 3-6 to six times more people who found a recent partner offline than online. For the age group between 25-34, to 34, 66% of them found their partners offline compared to only 21% of those who met online. Even though this research was done in the UK, I have seen similar trends in the US so I suspect that it may be similar in many countries. This is not unlike our guests today Monique and Ali. They met when Ali was going to the toilet in London Pride and saw Monique with her friends across the bar. Monique's friend just randomly walked up to Ali and the first thing that he said to her was Hey, are you lesbian? Do you think my friend is fit? Despite these somehow random and unpromising circumstances, Monique and Ali quickly clicked and discovered many common interests and soon they fell into a relationship. In this episode, the engaged couple talks about how they quit their jobs in the UK to travel in Australia, taking on vastly different jobs in hospitality. They also share how they navigate some of their personality differences. For example, Monique is very laid back and not easily faced, while Ali is more sensitive and gets anxiety when things go wrong, which means that she gets irritated by Monique's carefree attitude. They talk about how they maintain their relationship, have fun, their proposal, and last but not least, give us an important tip on meeting your life partner, which is to bring a wingman to the toilet during Pride. Obviously, if you're straight, meeting someone offline is much easier. But what about queer people? In 2019, Pew Research Center found that the gay, lesbian, and bisexual population in the US are more likely to meet their partners online compared to straight people. 21% of the gay, lesbian, and bisexual population have met, married, or been in a committed relationship with someone they met on a dating platform, compared to only 11% of straight people. 21% online, that is still quite a small number, even for queer people. This says to me that meeting people offline through friends, work, going out or school is still very important to this day if you're looking for a partner in the queer community. Hey you, before you listen to the rest of this episode, do you know anyone in the queer community who is disappointed, frustrated or even disillusioned by the prospect of having a long-term relationship? Can I ask you to share this podcast with three people who might be interested in the show? I know you must know somebody. Your friend who complains how frustrating the dating apps can be, your neighbour who doesn't know of any successful queer couples, or maybe your gay uncle who's just completely jaded. We try our best to interview people from across the queer community, different sexual identities, orientations, ethnicities, nationalities, age groups and more. But the power of these stories can only be amplified with your help. Thank you for your support in spreading the word. Now, let's listen to this episode of Rainbow Pyjamas. Hello everyone, today we have Monique and Ali dialing out, uh, calling us from Go- the Gold Coast in Australia. Hi everyone. Hello, Hi. how are you? I am good, how are you doing? Yeah, we're really good, thank you. And how long have you guys been in the Gold Coast? So we have been on the Gold Coast for three months now, we've only been in Australia since February. Um, and then, yeah, we moved to the Gold Coast after like a month or so of traveling and we are loving it. Hoping That's to amazing. stay for as long as possible. Yes. Well, not just on the Gold Coast, but in Australia. <sighs> yeah. We kind uh, of okay. don't want to leave. You... 
Lovely. Where are you guys from? Uh, so I, Ellie, am from London in England. And I'm Anikin from Essex, also in England. Got it. Lovely. And how long have you been in Australia for? So this time it's been like four months, just over like four and a half months. Um, we did travel Australia before for like a couple of months and it just was not enough. So now we are here on a visa that will hopefully keep us here for like up to three years. And then it's the rest of the world. That's amazing. Are you on a working holiday visa and then diving and diving instructor and all that kind of stuff over there? <laughs> <laughs> We're on working holiday visa and there's a big um, demand for hospitality over in Australia. So it's huge. So finding a job has actually been probably, I guess, the easy part of the yeah. whole process because, yeah, there's just such a big demand for it. Yeah, and also um, a really good thing for us is up until now, you've had to do um, farm work to be able to extend your visa for the second and third years. Um, but there is now a new uh, trade deal between Australia and the UK. So we actually are going to get away with not having to do that, which is amazing because mm. we were not looking forward to that part. So, yeah, that's really good. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine, especially in the summer, it must be so hot over there. But I think now it's in the winter, right? By the way, we're actually recording in yeah. June 2022, so it must be kind of getting cold in Australia <laughs> now. Yeah, I mean, it's not too bad. It... We have freezing temperatures all the way down to 22 degrees. <laughs> That's the average temperature in winter. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the, the <laughs> evenings do get pretty cold, though, and nowhere has heating, so... It gets kind of cold at night and we are like kind of cuddling up with a hot water bottle. But um, yeah, the days are still pretty good. They're still pretty nice. Got it. That makes sense. So what are you guys doing over there now? Like, are you working in like a hotel or what, what is the setting over there? Yeah, exactly. I'm actually working in a hotel just part time. So three days a week, um, which is great because it's so local. It's literally around the corner. Um, and then it gives us a lot of time to actually enjoy living on the Gold Coast as well. So we didn't want to work full-time hours just because we wanted to fully experience and still keep that holiday element whilst we're living here. Yeah. Which has been great. Loved it. Yeah. And um, I'm just working in, like, a cafe restaurant, which is pretty cute because they kind of specialise in, like, high teas and they do a lot of baby showers and weddings. So that side of it's pretty fun. Um, but... We are actually hoping to um, own, so we're, we're mainly just working hospitality while we're renting our apartment, but eventually we are going to buy a camper van um, and travel around the lap yeah. of Australia. Um, at that point, we are planning to, we're planning to do big things with our content creation and social media. Um, so we're working really hard right now to make that a full-time gig. But um, I mean, we're pretty new at that right now. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's the big plan. That's amazing. A caravan is such a really cool <laughs> thing that me and my boyfriend want to do as well. We were looking at the cost of like renting a caravan in Ireland where we lived in and they're like so expensive and like renting it like day by day is basically the same price as a hotel. I don't know if it's just a thing yeah. in Ireland, but it's so expensive. So recently we just bought a tent. So maybe we'll just drive and like camp oh, and, and just bring oh, yeah. Ireland is so stunning as well. Mm. Like it's such a beautiful country to do that in. Once we went um, on a trip to Edinburgh in Scotland and mm -hmm. it's the only time I've been to Scotland, but it was so stunning, wasn't it? Some of the surrounding areas, like, mm. I think, I mean, the UK and Ireland just have some really, really beautiful scenery. Yeah, definitely. When it's not raining and it's sunny, it's really gorgeous. And but like <laughs> traveling within like the country is so expensive. So now we're just like, okay, maybe we should get a tent and just like go camp and, and <laughs> different places. So tell me about how you met. Like, wh when did you guys actually meet? So almost four years ago now, as like, our four year anniversary is literally coming up. Yeah, almost exactly four years. Yeah, in July um so it was pride we were celebrating pride separately with I was with my friends Ellie was with her friends in London in London um me and my friends got really hot because the crowds are crazy busy in London so we went into a, a little old pub just to get away from the crowds and chill out um and then 
And then me and my friend, um, she needed to find somewhere to pee. So um, we went into this grotty old pub. We went upstairs where the toilets were. They were literally flooded and disgusting. Um, and then on the way back through the pub, um, through the upstairs bar area, it was just like a movie. Like I looked across the room and I saw Monique and her friends sat by the window. Um, and they were just like being stupid. They There was actually these potted plants. That they were like taking the plants out and throwing them at the people below. It was like really dumb, but it was like they were just, the people were laughing. Um, and yeah, I just saw Monique and I was like drawn over. Um, and then her friend started up conversation with me. I had no plan. I just was walking in her direction and hoping something would happen. And then her friend George started up a conversation with me. And the rest is history. That is incredible. So you basically <laughs> met the love of your life while you were going to the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But we love the fact that we can say we met at Pride because that is like <laughs> London Pride is the highlight <laughs> of our year. Like yeah, every year, it's so much fun. It's the best vibe. So it's amazing that we can spend our anniversary like celebrating Pride. It's just iconic for us. Yeah, um, like our first year anniversary fell on pride again in london so we sort of relived it yeah and it was amazing it's just the biggest party one of the best places to be yeah celebrating pride london brighton you know they're amazing they're really really amazing so yeah it's pretty special love yeah it. and we also love the fact that we met in person like so <laughs> many people have these incredible stories of meeting online and i think that is so amazing in the modern age because there's so many things that get in the way of people meeting in person but i also do love the fact that we did it the old-fashioned way <laughs> yeah. to show yeah, that it's impossible yeah it's a really cool story to tell as well but like when you mo- walked yeah. up to Monique did you know that she was interested in women as well like how was it just like you know she's pretty I <laughs> wow. want to have a conversation with her I mean obviously for those who cannot see us we are both like feminine and like feminine presenting you know so you never know I just kind of hoped I, I felt like the fact we were at pride was like a good sign that she might be into women <laughs> but then she was there with her cousin and I was there with my friend who were both straight um so yeah I went over but I didn't even have to say a word her friend George who is like just the best larger than life like character and the first thing he said to me was hey are you a lesbian do you think Monique's fit and I was like <laughs> no lie that was the first thing that came out of his mouth so um at that point I felt like this is safe territory (laughs) he had been trying to wingman me all day (laughs) this boy had been trying to wingman me all day he was loving it he was in his element yeah um it hadn't worked like there was no one that I met that I was particularly interested in who he kept trying to set me up with but when Ellie came over it was like yeah, we just clicked as soon as we started talking. You know when you just you have just this know. spark and like it just is so easy and it's like just meeting and becoming best friends with someone straight away as well. It was like yeah, it was just easy. It was a breeze. It was lovely. <laughs> that, that's amazing. Well, wow. so he did a really good job being a wingman then. So are you saying oh, to yeah. our listeners that yeah. everyone should like bring a wingman or wingwoman around them? Honestly. Pride is coming up, they should just have a wing woman, yeah. a wing man like, around them. Honestly. Absolutely. I have single friends. I've said, you need to hire my friend George to wingman <laughs> you. He is excellent. He will be the guy that will play Cupid and hook you up for sure. I honestly, <laughs> I would say do not underestimate the value of the wingman. Like, yeah. as long as everyone's comfortable, as long as they're not like, in like what's the word like encroaching on people's yeah, personal space yeah. like you know but which he does too he does that he does <laughs> he does have a habit of doing that but um yeah I think it's great because if you're a little bit shy and a little bit more reserved having that person is going to push you out of your comfort zone and like start up a conversation between two people who might have been too scared to talk I think that's such a great thing to do so yeah. for all the wingman wingmen and wing women and out it's there it's a nice isn't it yeah we appreciate you because yeah great yeah definitely yeah I can I can see that because a lot of people are shy right but then you know the the person doing the wingman wingman job can just like be the awkward person starting the conversation if it doesn't work you can blame that person you know (laughs) exactly that (laughs) I love it 
That is amazing. So, but then, like, so you started the conversation. I guess that it, that hit off really well, and you just exchanged numbers, did you? Yeah. So there were a few things in our first conversation that I was like, "This is fate." For example, um, we're both very into astrology, so our star signs came up straight away, and I was like, "Someone else that loves astrology," and our signs are so compatible, and I was like, "This is great." And then Monique told me the breed of her dog which is a crossbreed between my two favorite breeds of dog I was like this is mad her car it came up in conversation about her car and I was like oh my gosh that has always been my dream car it was just so weird like all the things she was saying were the things that I had a love for so I was like this just seems like fate just telling me that this person is going to be great for you and then yeah what was that experience for you because you didn't even remember my name the next morning I was extremely drunk (laughs) Um, <laughs> I was extremely drunk, hence the plant throwing. That's not something I do like on my day to day. Um, so obviously I remember you very fondly, but I don't remember as many things. Um, but I do obviously remember connecting with you in a way that I didn't with anyone else. You had an argument with Naomi, her cousin, who was yeah, there about over my name because <laughs> Naomi was saying that your name was Ellie. I was like, it's absolutely not. It's something entirely different. So yeah, uh, when we started talking the next day, and again, I guess it was just so easy. It was just sparky. I like just couldn't wait to see you again after just talking on the phone like the next day, like. Yeah, so we met up again not too long after. It was probably only about two or three days, wasn't it? Yeah. Sober, met up sober. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, it's... Uh... And then literally, it was like from then, we just fell into a relationship. Like, we just <laughs> knew. It was just obvious that we were going to be together. We didn't have that awkward, like, friendship, and then, are we going to date? Aren't we going to date? Like, there wasn't really any of that. I think straight away, it was just like, oh, so I guess we're kind of together now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got it. That's amazing. So you have been dating since then. Um, I also yeah. love to like ask you some random questions before I dive into like the next part of your relationship so that maybe our listeners can understand a bit more about your relationship as well. First one is, mm-hmm. I suppose you cook a lot now you're in Australia. What is the most delicious dish that your partner makes? <gasps> oh, I love this question. Love it. We are Big such foodies. foodies. Um, okay, I'm going to dive in there and say okay this sounds so basic and boring okay (laughs) but Monique makes this pasta dish right so it's so good and it is at its core pesto pasta however she just adds all these really great ingredients like the addition of olives and these certain cheeses that she puts in and like green peppers and like all these very green elements um what else do you put in there actually I'm saying it and I can't even remember (laughs) There's, like, so many things, but until you actually get into the nitty-gritty of making it, when you're like, oh, my God, there's, like, ten different ingredients in this dish. So good, man. And I love, I love pasta. I'm a carb fanatic. Mm. So, yeah, I've got to go for the for the spicy pesto pasta. Yeah, not going to lie, it's a pretty good one. I already know immediately what my favourite dish is that you make, which is a mushroom risotto. Ellie's a vegetarian. Mm. Um, I'm not, but I love veggies. I love veggie food. and yeah the mushroom risotto is divine divine Mm. i think with risotto it's make or break you either do it brilliantly or you probably want to throw it in the bin um (laughs) and it's amazing it's so good it's my favorite whenever she's cooking it i'm like loving you more than i ever have before amazing i love paso pasta and risotto so maybe i should meet you both in person but the ingredients yeah. really make a difference like i was making carbonara yesterday and my boyfriend was like this is not the right ham and this is not the right cheese it tastes good but it's just not <laughs> the same so like, you know you need to pick the right olives and olive oil i agree with you that is great well second question does your partner have a pet peeve and what is it oh so many <laughs> you go first then (laughs) okay if I picked Monique's biggest pet peeve of mine Monique is quite um I don't like to say OCD because she hasn't actually got OCD but if we use the term OCD as a personality trait rather than a natural disorder (laughs) um she yeah she likes everything to be so in its place in order otherwise she cannot relax or switch off so 
Whereas I'm just like, my brain doesn't make any sense to anyone and I'll just walk in the room and I'll fling open the wardrobe door, forget what I was doing, walk out, leave the door open. And Monique's always just chasing around after me, like, why is this door open? Why is this not in its drawer? Why have you just left this on the side? Like, But the random things that make no sense, I just kind of pick up and move around. And <laughs> I'm just kind of always creating a bit of a mess everywhere I go. So I'd that say that's probably like your me. biggest pet peeve. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I just feel like I'm chasing a toddler around at times, just like clean up the chaos that's being left. <laughs> that's what my What's boyfriend was? would say about me as well. <laughs> what about Ali? Mean, what is your pet peeve? What's your pet peeve? Oh, you don't know? I mean, I don't really know. I don't actually know. Um, mm. I actually can't think. To be fair, what yours would be? I know what mine's mine is, but I feel like I, I also feel like I have loads. I must have loads. I feel like I get very easily irritated by things. Well, this is the thing. But... It's by small little things that like you get irritated by it easily, but then you're over it also just as easily and as quick as you're irritated by <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I'm an so... Aries, so I'm fiery. <laughs> yeah. I'll just like blow up very quickly, and then I'll be like, man, I'm over it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we might have to get back on that one, you know. <laughs> yeah. Are you able to kind of hmm. predict whether like something will irritate her or not now, or like you still get surprised by it sometimes? Yeah, sometimes I'll do something going into it knowing it's going to irritate her, and that can sort of drive me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she plays up to it. My own I think the fact that like so I'm just evil like that. <laughs> so I think the fact that like one person is like more orderly and the other person is like more chaotic is just so common <laughs> among the couples. I think that is yeah. just a, a common mm. challenge that everyone has to deal with. What are, I know you have talked about like some of the things that you are really similar between the two of you. What are some of the things that are very different between the two of you besides like the orderliness and, and, and being mm-hmm. organized and chaotic? Oh, so a huge one. Um, is that I am incredibly sensitive and I take everything to heart and everything can just get on top of me and I'm like crumbling even though like just the most minor inconvenience has happened um whereas and I like get really bad anxiety and sometimes small things can like just feel like a really big deal to me and I can struggle to like go out and just do things whereas Monique is so level-headed and she just plays everything so cool and nothing really phases her like the biggest dramas can happen, and I think I just take it in my stride a lot. Of the yeah, time. it's almost like oh, another drama. There we go. It's like whereas I'm flappy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> flappy is a good word. So I suppose I can almost be too laid back to the point of falling over in that sense, and you can be the opposite in terms of like. And I'm getting irritated that you're not worrying. I'm like, why are you not worrying? And you're like, why are you worrying? Like, that can be our biggest difference, I think. Yeah, for sure. Got it. That makes sense. And has that created a lot of, like, points of arguments between you? It can do, can't it? I think it depends on... It depends on what it is. Yeah. Sometimes I can uh, mistake Monique's laid-backness for her just not caring about the thing, whatever it is. like. If I'm really passionate about something that to the point is making me stressed because I want it to go really well or, you know, whatever it might be, and Monique doesn't, isn't worrying, then I'm like, why do you not care about this as much as I do? Whereas it's actually not that. It's just different personalities. So I feel like maybe that, that's something we've probably maybe argued about before. Yeah, that can obviously, for reasons, become, um, I suppose, a clash in a way. Mm. But... I see things as when you get stressed and really overwhelmed with things, it just doesn't help the situation. So I'm so diplomatic with stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I feel like as well at the same time, if we were both the same, it could also cause Oh, that'd be a nightmare. Yeah, if we were both like me, (laughs) that'd be an absolute nightmare. Well, and if we were both like me, (laughs) probably nothing would get done. Yeah. (laughs) If we were too laid back, both of us, if we were too We balance each other out for sure. Yeah, but at the same time, it can also be like a misunderstanding Mm. where you just have to communicate what your point of view is and why you feel that way and why that is how you're reacting to a certain situation. Once that's actually explained and it's understood, then you can move past any sort of arguments that have become of that. 
Yeah, I, I can hear you. Like, I think sometimes like you really have to like spell out how you exactly feel because the other person may not have yeah. ever felt that way to the same situation before. Like, I think a lot of things that yeah. my boyfriend told me, I was like, I never thought that someone would feel that way to that situation. So you have to like really Absolutely. kind of tell the other person. And and to your point, I would never date someone who is exactly like me. That would be so <laughs> miserable and boring. Um, but it's um, <laughs> really great to hear. So with all that differences and similarities, what brought you to Australia? Was that a very easy decision to say that, hey, let's go work a holiday? Or did you take a lot of convincing um, the other person? The first time was, I think, there was a lot more uncertainty the first time. Because when we travelled Australia the first time, it was over two months. Yeah. But I think you originally wanted to go longer. Yes. But I was um, at a point in my career where I was progressing quite a lot. I had a lot of ties that I wanted to sort out at home. Just like, you know, car, finance and things like that, that. You don't really want to travel whilst you've got that like financial, financial commitment. commitment. So as much as I wanted to, I felt like I couldn't. I just couldn't go for that long. It's kind of one of those things that we both had it in common that we both had always had a passion for travel. Mm. I've wanted to travel the world really seriously since I was about 17. Yeah. And Monique has also always loved travel. Like she, when she was a teenager, did um, her thing in college. In... Like travel and tourism course. And yeah. I was an air hostess for a few months. Like I was always very keen on traveling, but I think got almost stuck in the rut of the life. You were just concerned was... about what you might leave yeah. behind. Whereas after we'd done it for two months, came home, we were like, oh my goodness, we cannot leave that there. We mm. straight away were planning like, a world trip yes so um yeah like the decision to do it long term was so easy yeah once we'd done it the first time then it was just a case of right organize the sort of financial ties to get them cleared so you've actually got the freedom to do it because that was actually the main thing that was holding me back to be fair was just just that and then once that was cleared and we was so ready for it but for like as long as we possibly could do it for definitely longer than two months God, yeah, no, I hear you. Like, kind of the first step out of the comfort zone is the hardest, right? But once you try it and be like, mm. hey, I don't want to let that go, I want to keep doing it. So, Ali, do you need yeah. to do what did you take? What does it take for you to like convince Monique in the first time? Like, do you need to tell her, try to calm her that, hey, like, <gasps> when you go back, you will still have to go or, or things like that? Yeah, well. The first thing I did, because I'd wanted to go to Australia for so long, I'd already done so many, so much research. I'd read so many blogs. I'd watched so many YouTube videos. I had in my head all these incredible places we were going to see. So I just kind of had to get her involved in all of that and show her. Like I planned the whole route um, up the coast and stuff. And I was like, look, we're going to go to this place. We're going to go to that place. And that helped her get really excited about it. Um, and I think then, which, you know, is such a huge thing, I think is important in relationships in general, is just the art of compromise. Um, you know, I knew we wouldn't be going for a year. <laughs> so um, I was like, OK, well, look, it's a three month um, visa. Like you can if you're just going on a holiday, like, you know, a standard visa, you can be there for three months. I was like, let's do three months. And Monique was like, three months is too long out of my career. I won't be able to go back to my job. So then we compromised on two months because, um, you know, her current job were willing to give her a two month break and then still let her come back into her current role. So that was how we worked that out. Yeah. Got it. That makes sense. Do you take like an unpaid leave for two months? She had it so sweet. Yeah. So I had unpaid leave, but I was working in real estate. So a lot of my job was commission based. So um, any commission that I was due that went through whilst I was away, they sort of kept in a pot. And then when mm. I came back, they then paid it to me. So she basically made money just while she wasn't there. Yeah. So you had a good deal for them. Yeah. They obviously wanted her back. That's why they did it. Yeah, it was a and weird situation, I suppose. <laughs> did you actually go back in the end? Yeah, so I went back um, into a state agency, went back to that company. Not for um, that long, though, really. Not for that long, because when I got back, um, the manager of the office was looking to take a job elsewhere. 
Yeah, it was like and a whole thing. It was a whole thing. He also wanted me to come with him. It was a higher up position. It was a higher salary, etc., etc. And then COVID happened, so all the plans went up in Yeah, smoke. so it was all just chaos. <laughs> Got it. That makes sense. The other topic that I love to touch on is on finances. So uh, this is kind of one of the topics mm-hmm. that a lot of like couples struggle with, whether they're married or not, how long they've been dating. Um, and then you yeah. know, when it comes to traveling, that could also be another issue, right? With like you know variable income, and then you're in a different country and all that. Has that ever been an issue between the two of you? How, how do you guys like figure out the finances between the two of you? Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose in Australia it's pretty easy, isn't it? Because we just have a joint account. Our salaries just get paid into that, and then we just yeah. It does kind of come back to that whole thing of me panicking about everything and Monique being very laid back. I am very frugal. I have always got one eye on the accounts and I'm, you know, aware of every penny that goes in and out of our account. Um, Not in the sense of like, you know, I'm like, we, Monique, you're not going to buy that. But more in the sense of like, oh, bills are due tomorrow. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm always thinking about money. I'm a Capricorn moon. What can I say? However, um... Yeah, so I'm always like, oh, can we afford this? Can we afford that? Monique's like, life is for living, girl. Let's just, you know, we're in a really good position. We're very fortunate. Let's, you know, live our best lives. Um, So I think that's maybe the only time money, like, it's not an issue, is it? It's just a matter of like, Ellie, you need to calm down. We're, we're absolutely fine. Um, I feel like at home, money was never an issue. Like money hasn't been an awkward conversation for us. We both, we find it very easy to talk about Um. And manage but when we first met Monique was already doing really well in her career which was something I found so attractive in her I loved her enthusiasm and her work ethic it was beautiful but for me I had literally just finished uni I'm um like three years younger than her I was just in a different place of life I'd literally just like I hadn't even had my graduation yet when we met um I hadn't found my career and also I you know was an aspiring musician so it wasn't even like um, I was stepping into a career where there was, you know, promised money to be made straight away anyway. Um, so I think there were times I felt like I was dragging the side down a little bit. I felt like I wasn't, you know, we were in different places in our careers and in our finances. So there was a little bit of insecurity there, I think, at the beginning. I felt maybe a little bit sh- shy around the topic. Um, but that is something that comes with growing and getting older. You know, we've been together since... I was 21, I'm now 25, we're in very different places in our lives, um, yeah, so confidence grows around finances, so, but yeah, I do remember what that felt like to be a kid straight out of uni and being like, mm. I don't have any money, I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you, and I felt like you were always paying for things, and it was a bit awkward, but it was always fine, she was always so lovely about it, and yeah. It wasn't like yeah. there was a lot of things to pay out for, we didn't move in together straight away, we didn't have rent, yeah, true. you know, we didn't have a mortgage, didn't have kids, it wasn't like, it was actually affecting a relationship in any way no we always found fun in like simple things. simple things like just hanging out or things that don't cost a fortune yeah like even traveling doesn't cost a fortune if yeah. you're you know if you're really organized with it like you can get cheap flights and you don't have to stay in a fancy hotel it's more about exploring the actual country and finding enjoyment in that experience so yeah it was never actually it's never a problem whatsoever that's fantastic yeah no for sure i I was listening to this audio book and it was just saying like sometimes like when you're traveling to certain countries it's even like cheaper you can like save more money you know maybe you're making money online or you just have savings it's actually cheaper to like live in thailand than being in london yeah yeah. australia is expensive like it is an expensive country to live the cost of living is high but then the cost of living is really high at home so you just got to make smart decisions and when we live in our van we'll have minimal outgoings as well which is definitely a positive side to that yeah definitely do you have a joint account like from the very beginning of your relationship no, that's no. just something that we've got in Australia because we um oh. weren't we didn't actually fully live with each other until how long into our relationship? A year and a half, two years? Yeah, yeah. I mean for a while it was just, you know, I'd spend time at your house, you'd spend time at my house. Yeah. But yeah, we pro you officially moved in full time when COVID year, Yeah, it? when COVID yeah. started. So we was already like a year and a half in, maybe. Yeah. Um yeah, but 
at home we didn't have yeah we didn't have the need for a joint account but at the same time it was always just kind of like you'd pay for that I'd pay for this and we yeah our money was still kind of felt like both of ours yeah. we were never, it was never ever a case of oh well, I owe you 15 pounds for that thing we did last week or you owe me for that never it was like it didn't matter who spent the money yeah, it was always really, pretty equal there wasn't much thought put into what we thought no. really was it? it was just yeah sometimes I'd pay for this sometimes you'd pay for that there wasn't too much no put into that but we did decide to create a joint account in Australia because we'd very much be yeah everything shared yeah got it and was it not awkward in the beginning when Ali was much younger and she probably has less money than your real estate job do you have to like adjust your lifestyle for her or not so much no not at all like I have always been I suppose made happy by the simple things in life like I've never been a big spender like I've never looked for money in a person I've always looked for who that person is it's not about like what you have it's about who you are so and I've I never really stashed a cash on like really expensive things either to be fair she like, says yeah on her first date <laughs> she, on our first date she pulls up in her convertible with her Calvin Klein bag and I was like oh I see <laughs> But then I thought I thought she was gonna be that kind of gal, but she's actually really not. She's not like that at all. It was you know you're allowed to have a couple of nice things, obviously, but it was a bag that I owned for like two years. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I don't. I also feel like Monique can she reads people very easily, and she'd see through it if she was with someone who was gonna be a leecher, and you'd find that very unattractive. <laughs> Whereas I'm also very. Um, yeah. I mean, I've never. Yeah, and anyway, I'm very easygoing, very low maintenance, so it just, it did work, um, I think I was, I felt like it was going to be a burden on her at first, but it wasn't, it wasn't like that, and I did end up getting a good job as well, so, you know, it was fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, if we had, like, rent and bills and stuff to pay for, and one was putting a lot more in than the other, I could see how that would be awkward or difficult, absolutely. But I think because we were both in quite free positions, yeah, there just wasn't a lot of outgoings anyway, was there? Yeah. Got it. So you're not like the agents in Selling Sunset? Oh, no. It's oh not that glamorous. <laughs> it's really not that glamorous. <laughs> really not. Ellie got into a state agency a couple of years yeah. after we met, didn't we? So, you know, that I ended brought up back to... <laughs> like, not with her, different company um but yeah I ended up going to real estate as well just because during COVID when I was looking for work realizing that the music industry just wasn't going anywhere um it was one of the industries in England at least that was still fully functioning so it was thriving it felt like a good step um yeah it's not like selling sunset although I mean you have (laughs) moments though where you feel like an absolute baller and you have other moments where you absolutely hate your life so. <laughs> yeah, it must be so weird like to be able to like sell these houses for like, tens of millions of dollars that you're like oh never step foot in this house otherwise yeah. honestly yeah. I mean I didn't have any houses that were tens of millions but I had some that were pretty pricey and as you say you're, you're stepping in these front doors like entering a whole new world yeah um how the other life live eh? yeah Got it. That makes sense. And how's um your family? Is your family happy with you both like traveling in Australia, being so far from home? Uh, well, my mom is like we've we are very very close with my mom. We was actually living with her before we moved out here. Um, so she is really gutted that we're not at home. She misses us a lot, but um, you know, both our families are just so happy and excited to see that we're living our best lives and we're, like, having all these adventures. Um, I think they're quite proud of us, aren't they? They like yeah. telling their friends, like, oh, yeah, my daughter's travelling around Australia. Yeah, I think they'd like to come. I mean, your mum's coming over yeah. and visiting us um, in a few months and then you've got your cousin coming over, your auntie, like... Yeah, we're hoping to get your dad and... Yeah. his partner out here so yeah I think yeah they're excited for us they yeah. miss us we miss time but yeah that's amazing not enough and to come back <laughs> that's lovely and you both got engaged last year was it we did oh my goodness it was 
just the proposal of dreams. It was on our uh, third year anniversary. Um, this is my favourite story to tell. Um, it was our third year anniversary. We were on holiday in Devon, and um, Monique proposed to me. Um, and from my perspective, just the cut. It was quite a long story, so I'm going to cut it short. Um, but it was the night of our anniversary. We'd had an amazing day. We'd been at a spa, got massages, went out for a cream tea, like had a walk on the beach. It was beautiful. And then for dinner, she was like, oh, yeah, we're just, I've arranged dinner, but we're just going to have it at the hotel, which I thought was a bit strange because we got all dressed up. And it was a lovely hotel, but I don't know, it wasn't like a fancy place to go for dinner. Um, so we had dinner and I was like, okay. And then Monique disappeared for a bit. Someone from the hotel came and got me, led me outside, and the hotel had this jetty out into the ocean. It was night, it was dark. And I walked out and Monique was stood there on this jetty, all lit up um, the path with like tea lights, with big letters selling out, marry me in lights. She was stood there, there was music playing, there were Polaroid pictures of us scattered everywhere with rose petals. And um, yeah, I just had to walk up this path to her. It was all like moonlit and it was stunning. And there was like a bottle of wine waiting with like, to my future wife and the day and all this amazing stuff and then she got down on one knee proposed and then people were like looking out of their balconies at the hotel watching what was going on so they all started oh, cheering <laughs> it was incredible <laughs> and like Monique is so not she does not like to be the center of attention so the fact that she stood up there in front of everyone and did such a grand beautiful gesture it was stunning I was like crying just because I was like look at her she looks so beautiful in her dress and she's been so brave and it was honestly just one of those moments in life that you'll never forget it was incredible that's amazing like it sounds so cool and then did you take her on a jetty after that so there weren't any boats it was more just like a wooden um oh, I don't okay, I think gosh. it's called a jetty it was just like a wooden thing out in the sea that you can like sit on and it's just really pretty oh, there okay. were, yeah it wasn't like a boat thing um but yeah, it was incredible. And then I ended up proposing back to her in, um, so we love Halloween. So on Halloween, um, we went out and I took her pumpkin picking, but I'd like pre-prepared a pumpkin I'd hollowed out and decorated with marry me and like put her ring box inside that. And I hid it in the pumpkin patch and made her find it, um, telling her there was candy inside. And then she saw the marry me part and it was really cute. <laughs> But yeah, you did. You did good. It was beautiful. So did you. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, like both proposals so sound so cool. Was it a surprise, like when you know you both did it, or did you kind of know that was coming? Was I mean, it a surprise for you? Because I was acting weird that day because um, I obviously couldn't set all of this stuff up to propose to Ellie on my own. I had help from one of the hotel staff. So I literally told her what I wanted and how to have it. And I completely relied on her to set it all up. Um, for me then to go and have a look to see if it was okay whilst Ellie was eating dinner in the hotel. So I was just so nervous, like, oh, is it actually going to look like what I wanted? Is the it control gonna... freak in her. The control <laughs> freak in me came out because I just trusted this lady <laughs> to set it yeah. all up. But she'd done amazing. I went out and it just looked exactly as I pictured it. Actually better. Yeah. I was like, my God, you've done great. Now I've just got to stand here and wait for you to go and get her. So you were acting weird. I was acting weird. I knew something was happening because um, obviously on the drive to Devon, there was all this stuff in the back seat that Monique had had covered over that was obviously all like the blankets and the cushions and the flap, the roses and the letters and everything. Um that I couldn't see, I wasn't allowed to see, so she told me it was, like, my anniversary present, but then on the day, there wasn't, like, a physical present to open that would have been like that, yeah. so I was like, what was all that stuff in the car? So big, I knew something yeah, was that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my big present! Um, uh, yeah, so I knew something was up, but oh my goodness, I never in a million years would have, even if I'd known that she was going to propose, the way she proposed, never would have crossed my mind. So, yeah, it was pretty incredible. Yeah, definitely. It must be quite, you know, especially if you didn't like the center, the being the center of attention, that it took a lot of courage for you to actually pull that off, right? 
Yeah. It wasn't supposed to be. I didn't know everyone was going to start coming out and watching <laughs> and taking pictures and videoing. I was like, oh my God, this is like so out of my comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least now we you are. have a, like, you got some of those like recordings and that would be a nice memory. Exactly. In the future. Yeah, Which we is do. so special because I just, I saw it in my head as being quite an intimate private thing. But actually, it's amazing. Like, people are just recording it, like, obviously, without it being planned. So I didn't know that we'd get this yeah. certain footage that we did actually get of yeah. it, which was so lovely to watch back. Got it. That makes sense. And did you both, like, talked about getting engaged and getting married before the proposal? And how do you know that was kind of the right time? Yeah, I definitely had to check in that she would be happy to get married (laughs) before (laughs) just throwing it upon her. Yeah, so we had quite a few conversations. We always had spoken about our life sort of when we were married and having kids. That was something that we comfortably spoke about quite a lot before I actually proposed. Yeah, thing is, we always thought we'd propose to each other travelling because we always knew we were going to come travelling and I just thought we would do it up a mountain somewhere or (laughs) sunset or something crazy. Um. So I think that was a big part of the surprise element, but because COVID had pushed back the travels, Monique told me later that she was like, we've had to wait for so many things. That was one thing we didn't have to wait for if we didn't want to. So, um, yeah, we did it then. God, that's amazing. And how do you know that was kind of the right time to um, get engaged and she was the right one? Because, you know, a lot of people, um, they, you know, a few years dating, they may still be like, oh, is it the right person for me? Can we actually, like, last mm. as a couple? What kind of mm. signals kind of made you feel like, okay, she's really the right one? So, I, it's like a gradual process because, obviously, I've been in love with Ellie after, like, a few months, but then that grows, obviously, and then you develop a really strong trust this person is like your best friend like you trust them with everything um you're fully yourself there is some very important things that we have in common such as like life choices and uh our future we were just on the same page in so many ways and genuinely just the idea of being with anyone else would make me feel physically sick like (laughs) Mm-hmm. It's, it was I could only I see myself it. with Ellie like forever she I think if you find someone who is your best friend and you love them and adore them like that is the person that you should marry there's not a lot more that should come into it but if you are best friends with that person and you have you're on the same same wavelength with a lot of important topics then you know that person is going to be in your life forever hopefully that's lovely what about you Ali yeah I mean I think Monique put that really well but I also just think in my mind there's almost like a checklist that everyone should go through when they're deciding their life partner and it's not just do you love this person do you like this person you know it's not just like the typical things I I just always see it as like you know, do I want to travel the world with this person? Do I trust this person to be there for me when I go through really awful things in life? Do I think this person's going to celebrate me when I go through really amazing things in life? You know, is this the person I would want to look after me if I got sick? Would I want this to be the person I would have to look after if they got sick? Or, you know, like serious things like, do, do I agree with the way this person wants to raise children? Do I agree with this person's politics? Do I agree with this person's morals? You know, there's just so many things that come into play. Um, Even just like, yeah, do I think they're sensible with money? Do I think that they are, um, you know, there's such a long list of things that we don't really think about when we fall in love with someone. Um, But when you're going to get married, all of these things come up in life. There's no point thinking someone's the best person on earth. And then, you know, you have kids and you realize your parenting ideas are completely opposite you know Mm. but everything aligned and that doesn't mean we never argue about stuff that doesn't mean we don't have differences but all the actual crucial points were just like tick 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 um and for me that is just I didn't have any doubts there was there wasn't any like niggling like oh but there is this major thing that could crop up in the future like everything made sense got it that makes sense that's such a lovely story 
Well, we're coming to the end of the show. Do you have any final tips to share with our listeners on how do you meet the love of your life and how do you maintain a relationship successfully? I think tips on maintaining communication is key and honesty in it. Like as long as you are honest, even when it's hard, even when it's a bit brutal, even when it's uncomfortable, being honest with everything you can be and just communicating that across in like a respectful, nice way. Yeah. I think I that can solve so much. Totally agree with that so because much. even when you're at the beginning of a relationship, if you're in your head like, oh, we've barely known each other two weeks, like it doesn't matter if I slip in this little white lie. <laughs> like any form of dishonesty will play on someone's mind for the rest of the time you're together. Like if I had lied to you about anything at the beginning of our relationship, I know that you you hold on to doubts, right? It's just human nature. So I think, yeah, always be honest, like grow that trust from day one. Even if the honesty isn't what they want to hear, it will let them know that they can trust you and that will save so many future issues from cropping up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also keep it fun. Always keep it fun. We are laughing mm-hmm. all the time. We spend our whole lives just in hysterics. Um, and I just think that's such a key part to our happiness, isn't it? Yeah, we do think we're both really funny. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> Which, helps. even if other people don't think that, at least we think that. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. that's our favourite. It is. Yeah. Yeah, if like we had to say our favourite thing about a relationship, it's just the fact that we laugh all the time. It's such a key thing. And in terms of meeting love of your life, I think that can happen in a really unexpected way. So I don't like, think there's any right way to go about it. Like going yeah. to a flooded toilet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's not really any right way or wrong way to go about it, I suppose, because it can just happen. You're like, oh, I didn't expect for you to come along. I didn't expect to. Yeah. yeah. I guess just be open, like keep your heart open. Mm. Um, Trust in the process as well. Like don't shut things off just because you've maybe been hurt before or whatever. Just... um. Put yourself out there. You've got to be in it to win it, you know? Mm. You've got to be in it to win it. You can't, like, lock yourself away and wait for the perfect person to come knocking on the door. You've got to be out there. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I think we all know that this time, this year in Pride, we're going to bring a wing man, a wing woman, and go into the toilet a lot. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us and have fun <laughs> in Australia. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. It's been lovely talking with you. Yeah, thank you for having us on. Take care. Hey you, are you miserable in your love life? Just kidding. If you do know someone in the LGBTQ community whose love life has been in lockdown for a long time and are looking for a reopening, please share this podcast with them. If this podcast has made you laugh, think, or oddly turned you on, please leave a positive review to help more people discover the show. You know, to turn more people on. And don't forget to subscribe to get the latest goodness. And if you know anyone we should interview in the show, please email rainbowpajamascrew at gmail.com. That's C-R-E-W at gmail.com. Or send us a message on Instagram. Our handle is rainbowpajamas underscore. We're always looking for people in this diverse community who are in various types of intimate relationships or at different stages of their lives. Okay, that's it for today. This is Rainbow Pajamas. Hey, it's pajamas with an A, not Y.